The Man War Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHORE. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manor Podcast. Shout out to all the sissy boys, butch babes, and NBs who can do them both. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. All right, everyone. How you doing? Welcome back to the show. Um, oh, This week, we have got on Jace Lingren from the Multiamory Podcast. All right. Yeah, this is an episode that's been literally years in the making, so I'm so thrilled to finally get Jace here on the show, and uh, I can't wait to share him with y'all in just a little bit. But first, show dates, people, show dates, okay. Uh, Tour de Manhor tickets are now on sale. So as I explained last week, there technically are no show dates yet, but between May 15th and June 30th, oh boy, I'm taking this show on the road, and possibly to a city near you. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled that like half of the cities have already started selling some tickets. So that's pretty cool. And looks like this thing's going to happen. Brief reminder. Yes, we're doing an experimental ticketing model where you can get pre-sale discounted tickets for just $10. If you're in the United States, uh, $10 for a ticket. The catch is you don't know the date quite yet. And when I sell 20 tickets in a particular city, I'm going to book a date, I'm going to book a show, I'm going to come on over out to you. But if we do not sell those 20 tickets by the end of March and in, in a city, I'm not going there this year. So you got to help me determine where Tour de Man Whore 2019 is going. Just to remind you of uh, the 20 cities that are up for grabs. And, you know, I'm going to read them in reverse alphabetical order this time. I'm sure many of you will be like, oh, man, my city. We start with a V in Victoria, wherever. And, uh, you know, we you know we always got to wait so long to hear our name called. And I'm just like, you know what? I got you this time. Okay. I'm, co- I'm hoping to come on out to Washington, D.C., Vancouver, Toronto, San Francisco, Portland, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, Miami, Memphis, Los Angeles, London, Detroit, Dallas, Columbus, Ohio, Chicago, Boston, Bloomington, Indiana, Austin, and the ATL Atlanta. Sadly, not in time for the Super Bowl, but hopefully I'll be coming on down there this year. Get your tickets today uh, and help bring me to your city. Go to manwhorepod.com slash tour. I've already started like brainstorming like the different types of shows I could do in various cities. So that's pretty cool. Um, last week I talked about organizing gangbangs. Yeah, so those happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I last week I was talking about oh uh, yeah I organized a couple gangbangs for some strangers who contacted me to help them fulfill their fantasies. So you know, I uh, we did that. Friday was a beautiful, wonderful night. Kind of went off without a hitch. It was controlled chaos at its finest. Uh, really dug it. And then we did another one on Sunday night, and that was pretty kick-ass too. I'll say Sunday night was a little was a little clunkier because we had like a lot of dudes cancel like early that day, or in the like. I had dudes cancel after the thing started. It was weird. But then what was more annoying is I had a bunch of dudes just not show up and also not cancel. And that shit is fucking rude. <laughs> really threw off my whole organizational structure. I was supposed to have like 30 guys come through to run train on this girl. And, uh, you know, I think we only had, including myself, 13. And some of you might be like, oh, my God, 13 dudes. That's way too many. Personally, I agree, but this, this nice lady wanted, wanted a lot more than that. Uh, so, Hey, next time you get them next time, but that's just rude. Everybody. I mean, I don't care if it's a date, a gangbang, an interview. Don't, don't do the no show, no call. Okay. I, uh, I saw this article and of course by article, I mean, I saw a headline on Twitter that I did not read the rest of, but I did see the headline. <laughs> 
Um, no, no, no. I, I, I did actually take a peek at some of it. Apparently, my generation or the generation below me, a combination of the two, apparently us millennials have taken ghosting to an unacceptable level where we're also not showing up for interviews and we're not canceling interviews. Or they're they're getting job offers, like, and then they accept the job, and then they just don't show up to work. Or like people, instead of going through the uncomfortable process of formally quitting your job, there are like these people in their mid twenties who are just not. They just stop going to work instead of like writing a fucking email saying I quit. And I fucking ate that. Oh, it's like what are you doing? You, you, because it's it's not only cowardly. It's like, well, you, you also not make eye contact. You're just scared of human interaction that doesn't take place on a phone. But now, so not only is it cow, it's not only cowardly. It's it's also just rude. It's inconvenient for the people you're ghosting on. I don't even like calling it ghosting because if you stop showing up to work instead of quitting, and that's your way of quitting. If you don't show up to a date, if you don't show up to the gangbang you said you were coming to, ghosting sounds too cute for that. You're just an asshole. I want to get rid of the term ghosting and just go back to calling it what it, what it used to be, which was, yeah, this person didn't show up. What a fucking asshole. We were counting on you, dudes. <laughs> But the gangbangs were good. They were fun. And the girls had a great time. Um, they were thrilled. They they sent me very nice thank you text messages later, like the next day, being like, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for organizing a gangbang for me. It just meant so much. Like uh, the, the, the woman on Friday night, like after we were done, she took me out and bought me tacos. That was her way of saying thank you. It's pretty dope. <laughs> um, yeah. Then Sunday night, some of the guys did both gangbangs, one of whom, um, he I'll just call him Jay, uh, not that his name isn't already generic enough, but uh, Jay came to both, and then Jay came to my roast battle Sunday night after the gangbang. Then we like hung out, and we literally closed down the bar till 4 a.m., <laughs> Uh, so like I've made new friends, everybody. Isn't that nice? All right, people. Uh, I got this one email. I just want to read. Uh, it's a, it's a quick one. It's a quick email. I I don't know how to say the name, so I'm just going to call you G. G I S L E Gisley Gisley. Don't know what it is, but here are your words. He writes. I think it's a he. He writes a. I am an. I am a sex-positive 38-year-old male from Norway, and I have been listening on your podcast for about two to three years now and just want to say thank you for the show. Side note, if I had the ability to do a Norwegian accent, would totally do it here, but I'm not going to subject you to that. Um, I have not heard all of the podcasts, but probably about 100 to 150 episodes Dude, gee, that is so much of my voice in your ears. You'll get a medal. Don't worry. You did great. Uh, he says, my favorites are the two episodes about the swingers couple, which is, oh, wow, those are great. I miss her. Um, the swingers couple, oral auditions, the desire episode, um, my interview with Kevin Allison, and the interview with the female porn director who directs gay porn. Uh, that was Mr. Pam, G. Mr. Pam. She's wonderful. Uh, it has been really enlightening to hear about sex, women, and what is generally going on. I has helped me to a better sex life and better understanding of my wife. So I just want to say thanks for a good show and stay slutty. Best wishes, G. Norway in the house. All right. I remember. I remember at some point. I think a, a couple years ago, I used to look in my downloads and I would look for some. I would look for the countries where it, the downloads showed I had like one listener because I would have like 80 downloads in Malta, you know, something like that. And then I would put the call out and say, hey, if you're listening to me from Malta, can you write in? Because I just want to know who this one person is. So uh, it looks like we're, we're, we found at least one of the Norwegians. 
Although I will say this, uh, it ter- I do think I've got this like odd little cluster of of Nordic folk who listen to the podcast. I think that's pretty cool. I got some patrons with like uh, letters in their names that I don't know what they're called, like the O with the slash through it. I don't know what that is. I don't even know how to type that. But it's but but that's in her name. And I'm like, all right, cool, rocking. Shout out to Guru. I'm going to take the briefest of moments to tell y'all a little bit about HotMovies.com. Hey, y'all have come through for me on HotMovies.com. Apparently, y'all have been signing up. Y'all have been at least trying out that free trial, like you should, and watching some ethical paid-for porn or free trial porn. And uh, I just want to say, you know, shout out right now to you. If you have a free account at HotMovies.com, you're getting a shout out right now. Uh, May I recommend... They have, I was told to plug an exclusive video that they have right now. It's nowhere else except at hotmovies.com at the moment. Romantic Rimming. And I just love that title. I have bookmarked it. I'm going to watch it later. <laughs> it's, I guess it's exactly what it sounds like because just, mm, we all know how much Billy likes getting his butthole licks, right? It is one of like my favorite things to receive. And just the romantic part, Hits me in all the feels, so I'm just like, oh, it just it just feels like uh like I feel like I'm gonna watch someone like eat ass and then cuddle, and that is my perfect porno. Yeah, so uh, romantic rimming it is starring Gina Ferocious, Penelope Cum, Sarah Sultry, and Sylvagia. Sylvagia, who are you? Uh, I I want to learn. Th- oh, a Russian-born porn star. Okay, okay. She's got some booty on her. Well. Hotmovies.com, if you don't know, is a pay-per-minute porn site where you can watch ethical and affordable pornographies. Instead of managing a bunch of different subscriptions, $20 a month here, $25 a month at that one, $15 a month over there, look, you can just buy a bunch of minutes so that you're only paying for the minutes that you actually watch. And they couldn't have more variety. They got videos from all your favorite porn stars, all your favorite studios, with probably any fetish that you're interested in, because seriously, they have amputee porn on the site. So they literally have everything, okay? And uh, and hotmovies.com is going to give you 20 extra minutes on top of any package you sign up for when you use promo code MANHOR. That includes their 20-minute free trial that turns into a 40-minute free trial when you use promo code MANHOR at hotmovies.com. All right. Before I get to my guest this week, Jace Lindgren from Multiamory, it's time for the fan whore appreciation moment. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a fun one because, you know, Jace and I, we you know, our shows share a lot of listeners. And I've learned that uh, we also share a lot of patrons. So that's pretty fucking cool. Right. So, hey, you know, shout out to all my uh, my fan whores who are also in the Multiamory uh, Facebook group. Which I'm also in because I am a patron of theirs. As a, that is a creator I support on the platform. But right now I want to give a shout out to some of the people who are enjoying my wonderful rewards on Patreon. Uh, right now I want to give a shout out to Ron John, who has like just the porniest porn name ever. Um, most people think that like a porn name needs to have something like really like explicit. No, no, no. Ron John. Ron John. It's so subtly pornographic it's perfect thanks so much for your support dude i hope you're enjoying the perks uh shout out to nathan cole connor you down with ncc yeah you know me you down with ncc yeah you know me opp was my go-to karaoke song in college uh shout out thank you so much nathan (laughs) hope you're enjoying everything and uh and also a shout out to afton kennedy your patronage short-lived but you know, you stuck around enough for a sexual achievement Sunday, and I was really thrilled to see you in there. And you too can become a member and enjoy a slew of great rewards for as little as one dollar a month. You get access to these private sex positive discussion groups like the Peep Show and the Champagne Room. You get access to exclusive bonus episodes of the Manor Podcast, including a bonus episode tomorrow with this week's guest, Jace Lingren. 
You also get uh, oh so much more. All you got to do is head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest, Jace Lindgren from the Multiamory podcast. Um, I actually myself was a guest on Multiamory several years ago, and uh, that was a really fun time. Jace does this show. It's all about polyamory um, with his co-hosts, Emily Matlock and Dedeker Winston. And uh, all, all three of them actually, once upon a time, were a triad. Yeah, they were dating, did the show. Then they uh, parts of parts of that triad broke up and then they still did the show, which I find also very fascinating. Uh, but Jace is good people. Jace, he talks a lot like online, on Twitter, on Facebook, talks a lot about like masculinity and that's the thing you know i really relate with him on and and i feel like we've had some good discussions both on the pod and off because you know he and i we look like we look like men um we look jace and i look like the men who are upset about that gillette ad you know and but we're not (laughs) and so it's really nice when i get to talk to him about this stuff so yeah Let's go ahead and get to me with Jace Lindgren. Gosh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, Every time I say his name in my head, I'm always assuming I'm saying it wrong. But let's go ahead and get to me and Jace. I I think I asked some sort of like masculine question at your live show um, back in like April. I was like, how do I like fight against the fact that everyone thinks I'm the worst? Uh, Just like based (laughs) off of appearance. Well, you are the worst. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that's a whole (laughs) fucking rabbit hole. (laughs) Uh, I'm here right now with Jace from the Multi-Amory podcast. Hey. Hey, what's up, Good to be here. Yeah. Good to finally have you on. After two years, we finally made this happen. Yeah, for sure. I had a blast on your show way back in the day. And uh, I think I got, I think there's a lot of people here now listen to both shows just because... Yeah, we've got a lot of crossover for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of patron crossover, which is fun. Yeah, especially since we're at Patreon right now, talking <laughs> to a bunch of Patreon creators. Which yeah, is awesome. It's pretty wild. Well, actually, I loved about. Um, I mean, you guys were kind of the inspiration for like me doing a Facebook. I mean, what well, my kind of you guys were. I, I I lifted that from you guys just doing a private Facebook group. I was like, oh, cool, that's like a thing people should do. Right. Uh, and then I actually <laughs> joined yours because uh, you're you know you guys do a polyamory podcast, and I needed like a poly outlet support network and like your facebook group for your patrons is like fantastic for that yeah i feel for a lot of people that's been kind of the the thing that really changed for them was having a support group like having a place where they could talk about it yeah or like especially when it's hard you know like a place where you can talk about i'm really struggling with this you know thing that's going on right now And that you get answers from people who are like, yeah, I've been there. I understand. Instead of, fuck off. You have two girlfriends. Like, you can't complain about (laughs) anything. You know what I mean? Right. Or just even, like, if you have, like, like some questions. Like, I'm my friends are all pretty much, like, comics if they're Mm. not in the sex pause world. So I can't go to them with stuff because they're like, dude, I don't know, man. Your orgies are weird. What's happening? Right. So it's like. Like People who get it. Yeah, uh, and and you've been doing the how, you've been doing multiamory about the same amount of time as us, like four or five years, right? Yeah, just a little over four years. Yeah, yeah. And before you had the podcast and your own network of fans, like where was your support network? Like, what was your poly place to be? Yeah, honestly, at that time, I didn't have a great support network. Mm. Um, I mean, I was fortunate that I was living in LA at the time, and so there's a gazillion polyamory meetup groups and things like that. Uh, so those were nice, um, but I honestly wasn't going to a lot of those then. Yeah. I've found more of those to be really helpful later on. Um, and I also travel a lot now. So whenever I'm in a new country or a new city, I'll try to go to a polyamory meetup there and kind of see like, what's, what's this like here? How are people talking about it differently here than they are in LA? Yeah. Um, and, and how long have you identified as polyamorous? Uh, I want to say seven years about yeah. that. Yeah. What, what, what was that like uh, mind blowing moment? Because I know I was like very resistant to like the label, right. and uh, I was resistant to the label because I hadn't like done it. Like I hadn't like quote unquote like done polyamory. I knew I was like non monogamous, but I was like, well, I haven't had multiple girlfriends. I haven't had one in a long time. Like maybe I should focus on one before I do seven. Um, right. So that always made me hesitate. What was your like aha moment? 
Honestly, that. for me, there were kind of two different aha moments. The first one was actually 10 years before that. Um, wait, do I have this timeline right? Gosh, what was this would have been like 2003 or something. So I just expect Dedeker to be like knocking on the door, be like, God damn it, Jace, get it right. Come on. <laughs> no, she's so much better with dates and stuff than I am. It's true. Um, it was April 17, 2011. <laughs> right. Yeah, probably she would know that. No, so this was like in 2003 or something, and I read the book Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, was which, that one? Uh, Robert Heinlein is the author of that. So anyway, we'll talk about it later. Okay, it's a sure, sci-fi. Sure, sure. It's a sci-fi book. But oh, I thought that was like a poly book. I was supposed to know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a it's a science fiction book written like in the 50s, mm. and it basically in it there's a conversation about jealousy. And before that, I was like, you know, very Christian. Had been waiting till marriage, uh, like all through high school, and then in college finally had sex, but was still considered myself a Christian. And kind of more conservative and very, I would identify as a jealous person back then. Mm. And I read this book and there was this part where he was talking about jealousy being like people think that jealousy and love are related to each other, but he was saying actually they're opposites of each other. Because if you love someone, that means that you really want them to be happy. And jealousy where you're trying to control and limit what they can do that makes them happy. Mm that those two things can't go together. And I, that for me was like that like mind blowing moment, uh, that just changed. Yeah. changed everything about how I looked at relationships. It just, I guess, hit me at the right time. Yeah. Uh, so I did some, you know, kind of non-monogamy, more swingery sort of stuff, like with some partners then. Uh, but it wasn't until much later than the second mind blowing moment was when Emily and I, opened up our relationship and we were just doing like an open relationship and we, emily we is know. emily's uh, one of the co-hosts of your, your podcast yeah. right yeah emily is one of the co-hosts of the podcast uh we were together and uh, monogamously and we opened up our relationship had no fucking clue what we were doing and started like reading books and looking stuff up and discovered polyamory and discovered like fuck there's people who do this already and like work on doing it better and like figuring this stuff out this isn't some weird pipe dream or something you only do when your relationships you know going down the drain mm. it's just sort of a last ditch effort or something and to go oh my god people actually do this and it works mm -hmm. like so that was kind of the second big mind-blowing moment yeah i remember the first time i met someone who had done anything like non-monogamously that i met in the real world because uh -huh. like previously when i was like because i was in college when i first met someone like that she was like 46 or something. I don't know. She's like in her late thirties or, and she, uh, actually was Jen who you all may remember from like a year and a half ago. Um, and like previously anyone who'd done anything wild, it was like through Craigslist. It was like, okay. well, you go to a gangbang. It's like, yeah, they're clearly kind of non-monogamous, but like that's, oh, they're Craigslist people. But I just met her at a bar and started talking. And when she went to the bathroom, her friend was all like, you should know, like her and her husband used to be swingers. <laughs> which like <clears throat> her friends being salacious about it but like i had already been feeling like monogamy wasn't what i wanted to do at right. 20 for a couple years and it was the first time i met someone who does it and seemed like a healthy normal person got kids right like a marriage and the husband's cool and i was like oh like i'm not crazy Right. I'm not broken. I'm that, not that weird moment. for thinking that. Yes, that moment. I feel like so many people have that either, like they'll message us after listening to our podcast and be like, oh my, like I'm not broken. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with me. Or I'm not selfish. Right. Like all those things. Yeah. Like finally getting that like, oh, people do this and it can be a healthy thing, yeah. you know, because there's just so much baggage that's put on us about anything that doesn't look the one certain way that we're all supposed to think is the most romantic or the most normal. Yeah. It's like, just like the, just like the whole construct of everything you believed in goes away. It's like the first time I feel like I think a comedian sees someone sit on the stool. It's like, wait, you can just sit on the stool <laughs> or you can leave it in the mic stand. <laughs> I got to redo everything. No, but it's just like, they have like changing something that is such at a core of what you be believe or think. Like, I don't know. Like, is that, was that scary for you? Gosh. Um, no, honestly, for me, it felt like more of a relief, mm. you know, it was just that like, oh my gosh, I can actually do this thing that there's always been a part of me that wished I could do or felt drawn to, but just didn't think it was possible. Sure. You know, w w was you or were you or Mem Emily uh, more along 
before that when y'all discovered this or were we kind of like on the same track same time like what was one ahead right um for what happened with us was i don't know the multi-amory like folklore i yeah. I, I didn't start from the beginning and binge forward i uh, yeah. kind of just jumped on you it gotta, you gotta study up <laughs> anytime i have a question i just like text <laughs> kenzie about like what's this mean or like hey like is that wait is that, who does the, the 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 theme song is that oh that's jason brother okay <laughs> yeah that's awesome um yeah, so for us, um, you know, we, we'd been together at that time for, uh, I think two years, uh, when we opened up our relationship. And we both started reading books and things being like, how do we do this? I don't know what we're doing. Mm. And we both read different books and we would have this experience where, she would come to me being like, oh, my God, I read this book. Does, and it said this thing. Is this what you want? Like, is this the thing that you're saying that you want? And I'd be like, I, I don't know. I was reading this other book that said this totally different thing. Uh, I thought it was maybe more like this. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. We were just so blind. You yeah. know, we were so lost. Uh, but what happened for us was that, um, you know, I went on some some dates and had one person who actually, you know, saw a few times who, like, had some kind of a relationship with. And Emily went on a bunch of dates with, you know, people from OkCupid that were awful, you know, just assholes, right? Um, People who just read polyamory is like, oh, you're just DTF, saying awful things to her. You know, she had a really bad experience of it. And so what ended up happening is that kind of caused this, I don't know, like a disconnect or like a rift in our relationship. And we actually ended up closing our relationship again after... I want to say maybe three or four months of doing that. Again, Emily would be like, no, it was actually five months and 26 <laughs> days. But <laughs> <laughs> women, am I right? Uh, no, okay, sorry. <laughs> More like me, am I right? Sorry, okay. She tells me every time, like any date in the past to me is the other day. I'll be like, all right, the other day we were talking about this thing. She'll be like, that was three years ago. <laughs> Like there was a different president when that happened. What are you talking about, Jace? <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, um, so we closed our relationship again, um, and for us that that worked out because I wasn't still seeing that woman who I'd been dating. Like we'd, we that had just kind of not worked out. Uh, we just stopped seeing each other as much, and so there wasn't like it wasn't like I had to go break up with someone for us to close our relationship. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was like okay, let's not, and let's see how this you know, see, see how our relationship is. And then maybe another six months after that, all of a sudden she's like, Hey, so I want to talk about this polyamory thing again. Cause here's the deal. <laughs> There's this guy who I knew from the past. I forget if it was from high school or from college, but this guy who I'd always kind of liked, but we always, we did that thing where like I would be dating someone or he would be dating someone and we were never both single at the same time. Yeah. But he's coming to town. He's going to be in San Diego. I just really want to bang him. And I basically, yeah. <laughs> really, please. And I really, like, I want to try this thing. And so we, we, you know, we talked about it for a few days. I was like, okay, but, you know, if we're going to do this thing, let's really do it and not keep, like, opening and closing. Like, let's make a commitment to something. And so we, we talked about it for a few days before we decided, like, yes, let's do this. Kind of checking in, being like, what did we learn from before? you know, what, what's different now. And anyway, we decided to do it. She goes down to San Diego, comes back the next day, you know, is like glowing and is pumped. And she's like, I get it now. Like, it finally makes sense to me how you could go and have sex with someone else and come back and be like, I'm so stoked to come back to my other relationship. And mm-hmm. like that it, you know, makes me feel even more in love with you. And, you know, this is amazing. And so then from then on, like it was, we were kind of more on the same page. And so, so like in that six month span, it sounds like there was work, like there's strengthening of the core relationship to make it possible to do that. Um, I, honestly, or, or, what, or I don't think it was about that. Then what, so what happened before that? Like what, what about before that she wasn't coming home? Like that was it because the dates were just bad or I think it was partly just like, unluckiness so with, this dude just had dates. like the magic dick that like opened up to be like yeah you know what like there are good dudes out there besides jace too uh, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if that was part of it no. or or what but uh yeah it was just i'm just curious like I what yeah just, what the was, difference was in the two different openings ups yeah mm-hmm. i think i think it was partly that for her the second time felt more on her terms like mm-hmm. there was something she actually wanted that it was helping her to get 
as opposed to before where we were just sort of like, I don't know what we're doing, like what's happening. And, and she was just like, I don't know if I want to date this way. Like I'm getting mean messages from these guys or you know, whatever. Right. Like it just wasn't a good experience. And I think seeing like, Oh no, this can actually work with people. I know like people that I want to see. Um, and I think also part of that second experience was he was coming over to our place and I was going somewhere else. I forget. I was, you know, getting out of, wait, shit. Was that it? No, never mind. That was a later date. Emily, do you have, stories. no, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Do you have a, no, uh, you know, it, but don't, don't you find that there's a, there's a lot of people who, when they start opening up the relationship, there's a lot of people who where like the impetus is more like, well, I met a person and I don't want to cheat, but like, I really want to do something with this person. Like there's almost like, there's a lot, of, I feel like there's so many people who like the impetus becomes like, a specific situation right. as opposed to being like, well, I feel I'm feeling something in my core, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a mix. Yeah. I think for some people, it's more just that, that feeling of like, I feel like there's more to relationships. Like there's more to me than just being in this one monogamous relationship or even just being in monogamous relationships at all. Say if you're not in a relationship right. at the moment, but then there's other people. Yeah. Where it is very specific. Uh, you know, it's a specific person. I was actually talking with a guy recently who his experience was that his wife, I think she might have been a girlfriend or fiance at the time, uh, but she was the one who pointed out to him. She's like, hey, I think you're in love with your other friend over here. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah. Like That sparked the conversation. But yeah, there's lots of different ways it can look. For sure. Something you brought up before was just how, like, uh, you know, people see Polly as DTF and women gotta go through a whole rigmarole of all sorts of things. But I mean, this, I think, I think this is what I asked at the live show and something I still run into, mm -hmm. um, is, um, how, how is, how do I battle against this concept of like, I'm a Polly straight guy who, people are seeing as like, well, you're poly and you're straight and you're a man. So like, you're just trying to bang a lot of chicks and how to, it's like, sometimes I just want to have sex with someone, but I also like romance and all that. So how to, like how to combat against that misconception up front? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I've found that for me, a lot of that has come down to, I, I, I don't know the right words to, to put to it. Um, it's like about thinking of everything of like flirting and dating and all that stuff as if it's just happening a lot slower that for me, when I was monogamous and also when I was, you know, in my earlier days of polyamory, it's kind of that, like you meet someone you're excited about and it's that, um, push, 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 push to like get to where I want to get, mm -hmm. right? This very like goal oriented approach to dating that I think is taught to guys, mm -hmm. right? Like if you, you know, listen to any like pickup artisty stuff, there's that, I forget the term. It's like pushing and pacing or leading and pacing or something. And it's this idea that like the man should always be trying to push forward and escalate and that the woman's the one who's like holding back and pacing. Mm. And it's just such romantically sexist, awful bullshit. No, like sexually, oh, sexually. Or se sexually <laughs> specifically. Cause like romantically, I would say like the, the expectation is reversed. Uh, sure, like, right. Yeah, it's like, Oh, right. well the woman's supposed to be leading the way towards a relationship right, and, and the dude's supposed to be like, oh, just all this bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just awful. Like just, the, the, that we have all these institutions telling us that that's like how it should be. And I unfortunately, you know, fell, fell prey to that of being like, even if it's not, you know, in that like really overtly bad way, but being like, yeah, I should be the one kind of pushing this forward. And for me, a big shift was when I kind of realized how much bullshit that was and could kind of take this step back to be like, you know, I'm going to let the other person make the moves just as much as I am, right? If, yeah. if not more and be like the advantage of polyamory for me, or like one of the many advantages is that it's not like I've got to lock this person down now before they get taken yeah. or I've got to take advantage and like have some sex now while I'm single, right? Those are both things that, that happened to me when I was monogamous. Cause I'll like, you'll be like, I think we're about to, I think in the next two weeks, Samantha and I are going to lock it down. So I got two weeks to like, go fuck Jennifer. 
Right. It's like, the, yeah, it's like, right. oh, fuck, I gotta go get it now. I gotta, I gotta go binge, you know, before I gotta start this diet or whatever. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. It's, yeah, that's a good analogy, actually, like the binge before you start a new I will diet. always make a dieting analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Until I feel thin and pretty, it will always be a dieting analogy. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the, with the advantage with polyamory is that, like, I don't have an expiration date. And neither does anyone who I'm dating, assuming that they're polyamorous, right? I mean, obviously, if you're trying to date someone who's monogamous, yeah, that might happen. Um, that they end up dating someone and then you can't date them anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was just that, like realizing that everything could happen a lot slower mm-hmm. because there's no rush. And for me, that changed a lot of how I would approach people, how I connect with people, um, and, I, and I'm saying people because I am someone who, who identifies as pansexual, even though most of my relationships have been with women. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just that because then it's like, hey, I actually want to talk to you and get to know you. And I'm not in a rush to have sex with you because I know we can do that whenever we want. Sure. Right? But like, but do you have like people who view you as like, oh, he's like he's a poly guy. He's trying to just get it in or. <laughs> I mean, I also don't, I also don't know your like casual sex practices. Like, if you're just like right. inherently like if you're typically more of like the slower speed romantic mm-hmm. type, I feel like that's almost a little easier once you get through that initial threshold. But like for someone like me, right. yes, yeah, sometimes I have casual sex and sometimes I like dating, and those things all overlap. Yeah, and so I think there's always this concern of like, well, he like was tweeting about like a crazy you know stranger play scene he did. And so he's probably just going to try to do that with me. And it's like, I no, see. like, yeah. I, I want to go on a date with you. I, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That Especially, like, if you are putting it out there publicly. Or I could imagine yeah. even just within your social circle, if their friends are like, oh, yeah, he always just hooks up with these people. He'll do the same to you. And you're like, no, 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 mm. I actually do want to date you. Like, being a poly guy, I think people, I think people, I don't know if it's the man or thing or the, the poly stuff or a combo, but, like, I think people think I fuck way more than I do. <laughs> like people are like, "Oh, the bit, proceed is just fucking all the time." I'm like, I mean, not really, <laughs> you know. It's, but but it is a, is a hard thing to push back against, and uh, and um, I still I still find it. I, I met someone at a wedding who like ultimately she just assumed I just wanted to sleep with her, and I was like, "You didn't even ask." Like right. we met at a wedding. We live in different states. Like yeah, like while you're in town for a day, I. Maybe like let's have a drink and like if we hook up, cool. But, but you're you're like fun to talk to. But you also just didn't ask. Like you should, like just ask me. Like what's your? Do you have an intention at all? Like and they don't do that. They just jump to like, well, he's the slutty boy trying to bang. Yeah, the thing is, I feel like for women who date men, they're not used to getting a straight answer from that question anyway. So why mm. would they bother asking you? Sure, that's <laughs> you fair. That's I mean? fair. Like because unfortunately. Like if you just, and I know you've done a lot of this on your show probably, but um, just like listening to women more talk about their stories of dating men, specifically women who date men, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and being polyamorous, it's been great to actually be able to talk in depth with my own partners as they're dating other guys or about their experience dating men. And uh, you just realize how fucking shitty it is. The like, first time I did, you, you read it, right? You, you're on Reddit a bit, right? A little no. bit, yeah. I try I, to first, stay away. <laughs> first time I discovered creepy PMs, r slash creepy PMs was yeah. like, it was in, that was the mind blowing moment. I was like, oh, this isn't just like Alice overreacting to like a thing. Like, right. oh, this is rampant. <laughs> awful. Yeah. Yeah. The more you listen to women's experiences of dating or even just like being a human in this world, like existing in the world. Right. Yeah. The more you're just like, fuck. Like, you know, if you actually sit and listen and not just try to like, you know, logic it away, which a lot of guys try to do because it's uncomfortable, you're just like, fuck, man, this is shitty. This is real shitty. And so with that in mind, if you are going to be a man who dates women, I feel like you can't just chalk it up to like, well, they needed to ask me or like, fuck, fuck them. Like, why didn't they ask me? Right. It's like you kind of got to find some way to to be proactive about that and like prove that you can have that conversation right. in a way that's not reactive, that's not manipulative, that's not, you know what I mean? And that's sure. a hard thing to do yeah. to, to show someone that that's not what you're trying to do. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned before, like, uh, when you were, you're clarifying about like people versus just like women, like, mm. um, did, did you previously, did you previously identify as straight? Yeah. I identified point? as straight for, well, 
identified as straight until college when I was like, maybe I'm bi. I mm. don't know. Um, and I was not as aware of gender stuff, which is why I use the term pansexual now. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so for me, that was kind of being straight was like more my identity for most of my life until only more recently, I guess maybe a few years ago since being poly actually mm. really was like, no, I am going to embrace this side of myself and not be scared of it. And like came out to my family and stuff like that. So, okay. I didn't, I, yeah, I had, I hadn't known if there was like that, the, the pondering the, that you described in college or not, because, you know, so I, you know, I, and I still identify as straight, but there is a, like I had a, an ex, recently who came out in the middle of the relationship as genderqueer mm. so i was like and then that made me have to go look like what does that mean in relationship to me like what does that say about my day does that change anything even um and then is it bad if it doesn't right because like am i not affirming their new their identity if i don't identify differently you know it's That's like an interesting question yeah i hadn't thought about that right like, if i don't change to identify as pansexual am i like you know, erasing their gender identity or what? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, like Billy Straight. But if I start hooking up with like, I've, I've, and since then, all of a sudden, like, I found myself with like people who use they them pronouns. I'm like, well, you know, I've had some training now, okay, you know. But then, <laughs> it's like, am I not affirming that identity by still identifying as straight? Because I'm like, well, I'm just, I, I think Dan Savage is the one who like one of the people who brings up switching to like gynophiles or like philia whatever the uh, right. right it's Fal like phallophiles yeah it's like well like i'm, I'm in the pussies on like feminine-ish <laughs> looking women and then i'm like well not even feminist because you know I'm, uh, they're pretty androgynous and so it's like i'm i'm in the i'm in the vulvas like that's a mom of a vulva guy hey you know it's uh are you a boobs guy i'm a vulva dude I yeah know. I, you know I, that's the thing it's like <laughs> when you really get down into it it's just the labels of straight and all of it just kind of are like, we don't fucking know. Like, yeah. we don't, what does that even mean? It's, it's, it is a weird thing that unfortunately we do put a lot of, like there is a lot of value on having the non straight labels to show like, this is a real thing. You know, I'm not just like a broken straight person. Like I think there's value in having these other labels, but honestly, all of it is just sort of, really depends you don't know right? right you might be like no i'm straight or you might be like no i'm a gynophile like i just love vaginas and then you meet a beautiful trans woman who has a penis and you're like but i'm all she's fucking hot and i'm I already it, and I'm, right? I'm already dealing with that right now it's right. like I, I had a guest on the show where i was like ah oh, fuck okay that's a thing i have to deal with in my head now it's like you know <laughs> right and you're just sort of like none of these labels make any sense anymore like all of it's bullshit it's just we're into who we're into but anything that threat like anything that threatens like the identity of being straight now uh, as a as a man especially as a like we we're like men who look like the like ideas of men like we, we, beards we and... could help people move like we don't look <laughs> You know, like we don't look like uh, we can't look at Jim. He can't. He'll he'll sit in the car and watch it. You know, it's like and, and, and so when you're not like a straight man that automatically there's a questioning of like a, a masculinity or mm. their and therefore worth. And, you know, it's yeah. just a whole scary thing. Like, I I don't know. And so I'm really starting to rethink it or like I, you know, I sit down with like a really hot trans woman. I'm like, oh, I think that, you know, it's, it's just it's so odd, like how like tied some of us, especially even like me, like I'm tied to this fucking label. I don't want to let go, you know? Yeah, it's 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 funny. I wonder what it is exactly that people are afraid of, of letting go of their labels. Uh, like being treated like people who less, you know, like being the way minorities are treated in this country. Is it is it that you think it's just that that it's like I think that I might see be how shitty I treat everyone else and so like I don't want other people to treat me that way or like if, if I'm being totally honest I think I think part of it especially with like being the guy who goes to sex parties and who is open minded about sexuality and gender and people and experience right and all that stuff I'm worried about being a trope hmm. I think as a straight guy I represent something that like oh like more of us can do this and it's okay and you are not less of a man whatever uh if i came out as say pansexual or something be like we knew the whole time see see only the queers are thinking this way of straight dudes we don't have to right and and i think that's been hmm. since i started the podcast something that's it's a nugget in the back of my head that sometimes pops out i think way more than the 
who am I? Do I have to go, you know, dress better or something, you know? Right. No, that, that makes sense. I, I've definitely found a similar thing with our podcast where it, it is sort of that question of like, who, who is this for? You know, like, who is this podcast for? Who am I trying to help? And it's changed and evolved. And, um, that is a tricky question. Yeah. Cause it's like, I do want to feel like I'm not pushing away the, you know, cis male, straight white guys who I feel like could really benefit from a lot of the stuff that we talk about. On because show. you look like them. And I look yeah, like yeah. them, right? And, and like I said, I mostly date women. And so I, I really look like them and I have the experiences of them. And so I do want, you know, them to be able to come and find the show and learn something from it. Right. And like, actually like be a better human being right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just want people to be slightly better humans <laughs> slightly better humans would be great It'd what make a, a big difference it's a great t-shirt slightly better human <laughs> right here i like that go print those right now <laughs> uh, well you know what fascinates me about your show from when i first learned about it and learned the concept and then learned what the relationship dynamics were uh mm. at the present day from when i first found out was that you know you would start off like as a uh, yeah, I know you guys don't like the word thruple. Would you, do you prefer triad or what's the... I would call, say triad over thruple anyway. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know you guys do not like that <laughs> word. <laughs> He's like, well, that's poly 101 thruple. Okay. Um, right. And, but then there was, um, there was a breakup, right? Yeah. So, uh, who broke, what, which relationships broke off? Right. So when we, well, I mean, there, there have been a few over time, sure. but when we first started the podcast, I would actually at the time have identified us as being part of a quad. Um, Cause there was also another guy who both Dedeker and Emily were dating. Did y'all edit him totally out of the show, change <laughs> the album artwork or something? Oh. No, he, um, he didn't want to be part of the show. Cause sure. he was like, I don't want polyamory to be part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I don't want that to be what people find when they search for me. And so he's like, right. I don't, I don't want to be part of the show. And part of our decision in doing the show was like, we're going to use our real names. We're going to be out. We're not going to hide behind pseudonyms. Like all the other poly polyamory podcasts did at the time. Yeah. Um, we're all kind of behind pseudonyms and we're like, no, like that's the point of this is we're going to be like, this is a normal, like not some deviant thing that we need to be ashamed about and hide about. Um, but anyway, so then, not too long after the podcast started, um, Emily, Emily and him broke up. And then a little while later, Dedeker and him broke up. Uh, and so then we were a triad for this for a little while. And then Emily and I was then another like year later mm-hmm. or something. Emily and I broke up. Um, but Dedeker and I were still together. Um, and Emily and I broke up and had this kind of transition to, well, you know, we're coworkers and we're still friends and we still love each other a lot, but, you know, she's, uh, in this other relationship and isn't, isn't in one with me and was going to move out because we were living together at the time. And honestly, it was a hard transition. Mm. I, it took about, for us, it was about six months. Um, when like six months later, we went to a concert together that we had had tickets for from like before, oh, right? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's like my fucking desire resort where I was supposed to bring sh- like, yeah, in nine months, we'll totally be together. And then, yeah, <laughs> like, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was like that. And it was to see Florence and the Machine at the Hollywood Bowl. It was an awesome show, by the way. Um, but Emily and I went to that and we were on the bus back to the parking area from the Hollywood bowl. And we're like, you know, this was nice and wasn't weird. I think we finally made it to that point where it's not going to be super weird all the time. Okay. Uh, so for us, it was about that like six month mark. Was it weird doing the show though? Yeah. No, like honestly, we like the, the doing the show was good, but often like after recording you're like no like one or the other of us would cry or like just because because the stuff we talk about on the show is very like real right it's very serious stuff about relationships and we're talking about it mostly in the abstract but it's related to the stuff we're going through and, and what's going on in our lives and there was you know like moving is stressful and breakups are stressful and like she was doing both of those because she was moving out i was having to find roommates like you know there's like yeah. all these things going on where it was just it was a really difficult time and then you know that got better and right after that dedeker was like hey i'm gonna go travel the world and probably never live in la again 
And, and so I'm like, fuck. Uh, like, so, so <laughs> then there was a whole transition for that, right? <laughs> of just like that taking time to get used to what our relationship looks like. And now it's, it's awesome. And she and I have, we fucking rule at long distance relationships now because we have a lot of experience with it. Um, but like I was able to change my life around to be able to travel more with her, which has been amazing. Uh, but it's just like, there've been a lot of transitions over the course of this show to this point now where we started as a triad or maybe three quarters of a quad yeah. to now where Dedeker and I are together, but we're only physically together maybe half the year. Sure. Uh, and then neither of us are dating Emily anymore. Um, but you know, still do the show and still feel super close with her. Uh, I would say actually Emily and my relationship is better now than it ever was when we were in more of a conventional relationship. Yeah. Are you familiar with Keith and the girl? No, I don't know that one. It's a, uh, it's a daily comedy podcast, uh, they, which is, they do five times a day and they've been doing it for like 13, 14 something years. Wow. They just got into like the podcast hall of fame. Like I was like, how do you do that long? Um, <laughs> it's like, if you guys hear me doing this in 14 years, like let's have, let's just have a sit down and make sure this is uh, a good idea. <laughs> make sure Philly's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, so, so they started off the show, uh, and this is before even podcast was podcasting, but they started a podcast and they were dating. They were, they were a couple mm-hmm. and then their show got big because they were were early adopters of the medium and so they, right. they they got really big they got you know deal they quit their jobs they got a book deal and they wanted um the book deal was about relationships it was like write a book about relationships right cool they write the book uh in the course of that they break up right but in the contract uh i'm actually very curious to know what uh, that, i feel like you guys <laughs> yeah. i feel like you guys have talked about that on the show like what Dedeker likes contract stuff but in the contract it said you, if you guys break up, you cannot publicly acknowledge said breakup until six months after the book comes out. <laughs> wow. So I think it was a, I mean, it was longer than six months that they had to hide it from their fans because, you know, they were still finishing the book and the book had to come out. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they had to like kind of, they didn't like still, pretend to love yeah. it, but they had to like pretend they did not just break. And five times a day, dude. Yeah. Five every I'm mean, sorry, five times a week, every fucking day they had to go and be like, Oh, we can't we have a big secret and we're not necessarily right. pleased with each other. That sounds awful. Yeah, and then when they finally could, they came out and they told their fans, and oh my, were they mad. So uh, like yeah. what was the fan reaction to when you and Emily broke up? Uh, <laughs> the so so we didn't talk about it at first. Okay. Um, cause we were also trying to figure it out ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we didn't talk about it on the show. Our, our show also is generally not, it's not a show where we go on and talk about our personal lives mm-hmm. a lot. It's more like we're talking about particular topics, topics but you do draw from tools. personal examples. Absolutely. And we have more recently started doing some episodes where we talk more personally about our own experience mm-hmm. because we found that people really resonate with that. And they're like, I really like hearing you're like that you're a human and like hearing your real <laughs> stories too. Yeah. Um, but we eventually did an episode, you know, like a few months after that where Emily and I did an episode talking about, you know, our breakup and kind of that process. And the best, the best reaction was that someone in the polyamory subreddit posted, um, I just listened to an episode of Multiamory and found out that Jason Emily broke up. This is, what do you say? This is as bad as when Helena Bonham Carter and, and Johnny Depp broke up. <laughs> Wait, who was it? Uh, oh, no, Tim Burton. Uh, Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. Sorry, right. Like Tim Burton and Helena It's also Bonham like, Carter wait, that's you. Up. That's the celebrity couple that you were like attached. <laughs> you're like, they represent love to you. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> anyway, that was my favorite. It was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to think. This is as bad as that. Was there ever, was there an announcement at some point where you're like, like, hey guys, just like an FYI, if you haven't picked up, we broke up. Now let's now we're going to talk about, you know, online dating and poly. Like No, I mean, like I said we talked about right. it on that particular episode, okay. and occasionally when it comes up, we'll mention it, and it often comes up in interviews because right. it is something that people usually just assume we're a triad and so they'll usually ask that question and we can be like, actually, mm. nope, we're something <laughs> else. Yeah, yeah. Uh and so yeah, it comes up then, but it's not something that we like actively felt like because again, it wasn't like, hey, try to be like us because we do this better than you. It was more like, hey, let's explore these topics and look at tools and have guests and like understand how to do relationships better. 
more generally mm. rather than be more like us. Yeah. So it wasn't like <laughs> we've sold you a lie like like those guys. I'm sure their fans felt like you've lie. been telling us we need to be more like you yeah. and it's been a lie all along. <laughs> right? like, that would be devastating. <laughs> you told us to buy the book. I spent $15.99 right. on the book. <laughs> it's all a lie. You don't know how to do relationships. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but wait, but isn't that the, the whole thing? It's like, oh, if a relationship ends, it means... It, it, it was bad or you didn't know it's like but no like maybe that's just thing that relationship had to end or in y'all's case like transition into a friendship relationship right yeah. definitely and for myself also now i identify as more of a relationship anarchist oh boy yeah you're we're gonna have to we're gonna get an explanation not that i disagree with it's more like i i still when people ask me uh-huh. i'm just like D- i don't know i don't i you, <laughs> i am not the guy to ask i don't have the answer it's funny i think relationship <laughs> anarchy is something that a lot of people within the world of polyamory are very curious about yeah. but don't really understand like we um when we go to like polyamory conferences and stuff it's like a few different workshops and things that we give and the one that always has the biggest attendance is our relationship anarchy 101 presentation that we do because it is something people just like tell me i need to know yeah it sounds dangerous (laughs) and cool it's like (laughs) no i've said for a long time i i want someone to rebrand relationship anarchy because i think the name gives a connotation that's actually not very accurate Uh to what it is but i'll give you my super quick explanation basically it's saying It's understanding that our society places this hierarchy on relationships where a romantic, which also is a sexual relationship, there's this assumption that romance equals sex, that that type of relationship trumps every other type of relationship, except maybe like a parent and child, right? Like certain family relationships. Like, and we all have had that experience of like, oh, I just got a girlfriend and now I don't hang out with my other friends anymore Mm -hmm. because she's the one I'm going to spend all my time with, or I get a plus one to an event. If I don't have a romantic partner, uh, I can't bring anyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think that's becoming less true. uh, And I think that it should. But so the idea with relationship anarchy is saying, no, no, there are no like prepackaged relationships where it's like, we're going to be romantic, which means we have sex, which means we're eventually going to live together. It means we're going to share finances, like rather than buying a combo meal. Instead, it's all a cart. And every relationship, like every person you know in your life is a relationship, right? Like you have a relationship with me, you have a relationship with your mail carrier, you know, you have a relationship with very close with my mail carrier. (laughs) Yeah, right. That all of those are relationships. And what's involved in each relationship is the things that the two of you decide is going to be in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And that the importance of that relationship to you is just decided by how important that relationship is to you, not by this kind of prepackaged, I'm going to sign up for the, you know, this cable package that gets me sex with you and romance with you and living with you, or I'm going to buy this other package that's the friend package, which includes definitely can't have sex. Mm. You know, we can do these things together, though, and this is how I prioritize you, right? right. So it's instead stripping all that away and just being like, we're going to build each piece of this as we want to. And I found it's made my like friendship relationships so much better and so much more fulfilling. And that if I'm like, you know, this weekend, I want to hang out with my, you know, my roommate and my good friend, Eric, that's a fulfilling, great weekend. And not like, man, I had to hang out with my friend because my girlfriend wasn't around or something. Right. And that's, we're taught to think that kind of stuff. Yeah, that and that like that goes to what like I I a lot of I've been saying for just like I don't know I think even before I thought you know I knew it was Polly it was like every relationship should be whatever two or three or four or twelve people want that one relationship to be like you to de- decide and if our relationship is we are deep close platonic friends who fuck or if we are you know romantic partners or if we are just mm-hmm. fr- whatever it is you're my postal carrier like that just whatever you want that to mean right. Um, and yeah, I just think all of it should just be whatever you want it to be and, and stripping away the, the classic labels and right. whatnot. I think monogamous people are typically are starting to branch out into that, realizing they don't have to default into monogamy. Mm-hmm. They can choose it and right. they're allowed to make that choice. I don't know why you make that choice, but hey, you do you, boo boo. It's like you, you get to choose and stop like just taking what was society gave you. Right. I, I, I like that. And, and I think we're like, I was reading about some studies recently about like the phenomenon of bromances <laughs> and like how 
millennial men are now having these much closer, more emotional relationships with their platonic male friends. Mm. And some people, like literally, I read two different articles about the exact same study, one of them being like, millennials are destroying marriage and they're going to ruin the family unit and all this stuff because men are confiding in their male friends instead of doing that with their girlfriends yeah. like they're supposed to. <laughs> and then the other article being like, this is amazing. People are finally like breaking down these walls of like being able to share emotionally with another man, even if you date women, right? Yeah. Like, like just because you're being emotional with another man doesn't mean you guys are going to make out, but you're also allowed to make out if you want to like, yeah, but it's right. But just this <laughs> idea of like, let's take away some of these barriers mm -hmm. we put up between, well, this is this category of relationship. So we can and can't talk about these certain things. Right. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Just, just that, like once you take that away, it's really changed things for me and it, it actually has made it so I have less of those times. Uh, tell me if you've ever had this experience where like you're not like you have a breakup and it's been a little while after that. Maybe you don't have a lot of partners right now. And there's that kind of desperate feeling of like, I got to get on. Okay, Cupid, I got to get on Tinder. I got to find somebody, right? Because mm -hmm. I need to fill that emptiness in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, so at times, yeah. Uh, that I found that uh, with like thinking about relationship anarchy more being like, I don't feel that because I can get that same like enjoyment and connection time I would have doing something like going out on a really romantic date, staying in and playing video games with my roommate. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like randomly texting my, my best friend in Seattle and being like, Hey, I was just thinking about you. Like, how's your family doing? Like, what's up? And like getting that kind of, intimacy met even if it's not sexual and then maybe having other people where it's like we just have sex and we don't have a romantic relationship yeah. just realizing i don't need to like desperately seek this one particular type of package yeah you yeah know? That's awesome. Well, uh, Jace, uh, I mean, thank you for finding, I'm a guy we could finally connect. Yeah, We're finally fun, sharing yeah. a zip code. Um, I want to give a shout out to Simplecast for their awesome booth here at Patreon. Uh, and they have very fancy mics that are way better than mine. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to hear how this sounds. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to use the last 10 minutes, to do a little bonus episode for Patreon if sure, you're cool yeah. with that. But for now, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody else where, uh, where they can find you and Multiamory? Yeah. So Multiamory, uh, you can find it at multiamory.com or, you know, iTunes. Stitcher. Basically, if you just Google multi-amory, mm. like, will be the thing you find. I might, if you scroll, like, if you're on iTunes, you scroll to the bottom, I think I'm, like, you guys are one of the recommended ones for, like, uh, oh, not, people okay, listen yeah. to me or whatever. Right. We're yeah. in a similar world, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, the socials, you know. Uh, you know, everything is multi-amory, <laughs> right? Multi -amory, Twitter, everything. Instagram. Like, You'll find it. <laughs> Instagram's, like, multi-amory M-U-L-T-I- A-M-O-R-Y. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a little difficult. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get, everyone else will hear the rest uh, on Patreon. But for now, I want you to go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. All right. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Oh, I wish I had more time that I could chit chat with Jace. Uh, he's such a delight. So much fun to talk to. Uh, and, you know, like I said, it's really nice to, to talk to another man. Who kind of looks like, grr, you know, man, and uh, about the man things we're not supposed to be talking about. So that was pretty cool, man. I'd love to know what y'all thought about this week's episode. I'm hit me up on Twitter. I'm at the Billy Persita. Use the hashtag ManhorPodcast. Let me know what you thought about this week's show. Uh, you can also go like the Manhor Podcast Facebook fan page for those of you who are not Twitter heads. I know you got a Facebook. You may say you hate Facebook, but you still have it, so you can go click like on that one. We post a lot of cool, fun content over there. And if you want to say something to me privately, you can shoot me an email with your comments, your questions, your boobies to manwhorepod at gmail.com. We got merch. Did you know we got merch? A great way to support the Manwhore Podcast and show off your fandom to your friends is to go get some Manwhore Podcast merch. We got Stay Slutty Panties. We got I'm Saving Pegging for Marriage t-shirts. We got buttons, stickers. Go to manwhorepod.com and get and treat yourself to something nice. You may, you may even get a, a personalized little thank you card. Who knows? Not really into the t-shirts? That fair. Still want to support the podcast? You're a good person. Become a member of my fanwhore community on Patreon and receive a slew of great rewards. 
You can get access to private sex positive discussion groups and bonus episodes of this show, including a bonus episode with this week's guest, Jace Lindgren. That episode will be coming out tomorrow and is available to all of my $5 and up fan whores. All you got to do to become a member for as little as a dollar a month is go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Man, my voice is shot. It's starting to sound like I'm hitting puberty all over again. Uh, <laughs> uh, and last but certainly not least, wow, tour the man whore. Bring the show to a city near you. Get your pre-sale discounted tickets today by going to manwhorepod.com slash tour. Um, by the time you hear this, I will be in Las Vegas enjoying the Adult Entertainment Expo and the AVN Awards chit-chatting with probably some of your favorite porn stars pretty stoked about the lineup um looking at the board right now who do we got now don't hold me to all this because avn is pretty crazy wild time shit changes at the drop of a hat so who knows what's going to happen with the schedule but some of the names i've got here uh riley rays kendra sunderland uh nikki delano jane way super excited to talk to jane way naomi banks Bree mills rob piper Marcus London and some more, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a good week. Got a lot of man whore podcasts I'm bringing to Vegas. So uh, I can't wait to share those episodes with y'all later. Shippity dop, stupid doop, boop, bop, bing, do babu, do babu, and stay slutty.